What's up, everybody? This is Cortland from IndieHackers.com, and you're listening to the Indie Hackers podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuff online and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these indie hackers to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. Today, we have a very special guest on the podcast, the one and only Eva Allen. Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Hey, thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be here. I am shocked. Is this like my Mother's Day gift? This is your Mother's Day gift. Okay, so am I going to get another gift or is this it? <laughs> what do you mean is <laughs> this, this is it? it? This is this it. This is the most okay. specialist gift any mother could ask for. Oh, yeah, God. I think this is well, like I'm humbled. The, I can't believe- the world's best Mother's Day gift in history. Thank you so much. I can't believe you guys think that much of me. I'm kind of impressed and shocked. And let me ask this question. Like no notice? No. no okay, notice. Mom, we're going to have you on the podcast and we're going to ask you three questions and prepare because, nope. nope. I mean, if you really know me, you know this is not me. I don't like, you know. <laughs> but without notice, it's now a surprise. Exactly. If it wasn't a surprise, it would be a worse gift. How are we going to surprise you with a Mother's Day gift if we don't surprise you with a gift? Yeah, but typically Mother's Day gifts are what mothers want. But, I mean, this is great. I'm not <laughs> I'm not <laughs> complaining. I'm just a little bit shocked by it all but thank you honestly i don't i don't like i don't like typical gift giving i don't know if you guys have ever done like the love languages and it's like physical touch quality time blah 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 but one of them is gift giving and that's like i always score the lowest whenever i take any of those quizzes because i don't like giving gifts and i especially don't like giving gifts when i feel like expected to so any sort of holiday whether it's christmas or father's day or mother's day or birthdays when it's like this is the day that you get somebody a gift is like the worst day for me to give a gift. And okay, every other day. But does that mean that when you are not expected to give a gift, that you do give gifts? No, I also, if not, still, I I also still just don't of... like giving gifts. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the I like the sort of intangible, it's the thought that counts. I like the experiential things. Like I like going on trips together, doing a podcast with you, mom, I think is a cool gift. It's like my more my my style, my vibe. So I read The Five Love Languages, and it was a really, really good book. And receiving gifts is one of the word, uh, one of the love languages. And I think when it comes to gift giving... I like that. That's my love language, receiving yeah, gifts. Who doesn't yeah. like receiving gifts? But typically when you give a gift, it's something that you want to make sure the receiver wants. Right. You know, you don't go out and just randomly buy anything. You go out and, you know, you put thought into it. When you're picking out a card, you want to get a card that's really appropriate so that when the person reads a card, they feel like, oh, this person really loves me or this person really knows me or this is a perfect card, that sort of thing. So you might not like giving gifts, Cortland, but I guarantee you like receiving gifts, right? I like receiving them a exactly. little bit. But it's also like anxiety-inducing both giving and receiving, because it's like, well, if someone gives you a gift and they didn't put a lot of thought into it, like you got to pretend to like it and pretend to be happy and pretend it's what you wanted. And like, meanwhile, you're making plans for how you're going to give it away because you don't really want to put this vase like on your table. Have you and ever regifted? All the time. I regift books uh, mostly. Like, I'm not going to read. Not gonna read have you ever books. told anyone that you were regifting? <laughs> if they're close enough to give me a gift, I think they're close enough for me to tell them. I don't. <laughs> I don't want this. I'm giving it away. I think it can be. Really, really stressful. I remember, I don't know, maybe 20 years or so ago, um, my girlfriend and Shireen and I were sitting down making a list of, you know, all the people we needed to buy gifts for at Christmas time. And the list became monumental. 
I want to think we each had like over 150 gifts to buy. So what we decided to do, okay, for all the all the young people between the ages of 10 and 15, we're going to get them all one thing. For all the men, we're going to get them all robes. For all the women, it was just so impersonal and so stressful. And then we got to the point of, okay, we're going to go to each other's houses and we're going to spend like two days wrapping all these gifts. Whose idea was this? It I sounds like it was... my, uh, like this is hell. This is the seventh layer. It sounds of like Scrooge. Well, Why would you do you ever see? Did you ever see Scrooge with Bill Murray where he has to give everybody a gift and he's the CEO and his secretary just reads the <laughs> list of names? And if he likes somebody, he's like VCR, VCR. And if he doesn't like them, he's like towel, towel. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. So we, like a year before, we decided we were going to learn how to wrap gifts professionally. And we went out and we took this gift wrapping course. And, oh, it was just a matter of all, you got to have the perfect paper and the perfect bow and tie it perfectly. That was the last year. I don't know if you guys remember going from getting gifts that were totally wrapped to now all your gifts come in gift bags. That was a result of the experience we had the year before, having to wrap like over a hundred gifts. Deeply outside of the gift giving and gift receiving game, so I've noticed no shift at any point in time. I just feel <laughs> all I all I notice is the anxiety when gift giving season. It's like arises. a homework assignment. It's it turns yeah. a joyous yeah. occasion of connection yeah. into like something where you can either do it right or you can do it wrong, and you've got to prepare in advance. And like I'm a master procrastinator. I do things at the last minute. You can't really give somebody a good gift at the last minute. Because you got to do all this stuff. Like uh, Rand Fishkin, mom, he's the founder who hosted this Italy thing that Channing and I went to a few weeks ago. He lives in Seattle. And him and his partner, Geraldine, I would describe them as master gift givers. Like I went over for dinner at their place, I think like November 2020 after I moved here. And then in December, I came home one day and there was this huge gift basket outside my door. And I opened it and it was like the most thoughtful collection of like knickknacks. They're like, oh, Cortland, you mentioned that you wanted to start cooking. So we gave you, you know, like some very fancy Italian like salt and different, you know, sauces. And you mentioned you like old fashioned. We gave you some like a collection of bitters. And like they just had like every single thing I had said. They had like found something amazing and put that in the gift basket and wrapped it up with an amazing presentation. And I was like, number one, stunned because like I'd never gotten such a good gift from someone who I like at that time had barely even known. And then number two, like, max anxiety because like what am i gonna get them in return <laughs> i have absolutely no idea what they would like i have no idea what to give i don't even know how to write a good thank you note and it just feels like homework to me sometimes and yeah so, it, it's a lot we should talk about your background mom since nobody nobody listening to the show knows you uh obviously you're a mom channing and i are twins born two minutes apart i'm the younger one and i think you are probably the reason why we're entrepreneurs because you were always an entrepreneur when we were growing up like I've had friends who ask me, like, how do you think you could why do you think you could just start a business? My buddy Adrian asked me that in college. And I was like, why do you think you can't? And I had that response because I'd always grown up watching you run your own businesses and it was never weird to me. Like you never worked for some huge faceless corporation. You always sort of worked for a very small group or worked for yourself. So why don't you tell us about uh, the business that you started, why you started it, how you came up with the idea? Because even I don't really know the story behind it. I just remember being a kid and, and just knowing that you work for yourself. Okay now. So when you guys were born, I stayed home for quite a while because I just the whole thought of putting you guys in daycare just petrified me. And when I did decide I had had enough, I hired a retired pediatric nurse to come into the house because I felt like that was giving you guys the best. Boy, was I wrong. But at any rate, I had taken a job with um, 
a computer maintenance company. Michael. I don't even want to want to ask what happened with this pediatric nurse. But she just, just continue the story. She just didn't do the job that I thought she <laughs> should have been. Like doing. Wait, what did she did she drop us? Like, what did she do wrong? Well, let's just say one day I came home early and all three of you guys were asleep. And that just was not good. Just was not good. The three of you guys were asleep. That was then. I think I gave her like a two week notice. But to okay, make so a lot. You fired your pediatric nurse and then. I did. And it got to the point. I'm here. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm type A personality. You know, I'm busy all the time. I like to go. I like to do things. I like to be around people. And I can remember when my girlfriend, Carol, whom you met, Mallory um, and Brittany's mom, came over to visit. And you guys are probably two. And I was so used to just working. I didn't want her to leave. I said, Carol, please don't leave. You know, go back home, uh, get your PJs, get your work clothes for tomorrow. You can spend the night. This is great. Just starve to be around adults. So I decided, let me go back into the world of work. So my background at the time was sales. And um, I'd taken a job with Microfix. And if you guys remember, Jerry gave you your first computer. I think it was yep. a, a Christmas gift. You guys were probably oh, were three. We? I think you were three. three. Uh-huh. I think Too you young were three. to use a computer. And I mean, you didn't even know how to use a computer, this but like I used a computer. This is not an <laughs> iPad. Yeah, I was selling computer maintenance. And my job um, all along has always been sales and marketing. Take a job with a company. That my job is to find the customers, which as you guys know, as entrepreneurs, is extremely difficult. So back then it was, okay, where do you get your leads? You use the yellow pages, okay? There were really no other sources. Um, We had the Atlanta Business Chronicle, and I just spent years dialing for dollars looking up, okay, let's look at the top 100 companies in Atlanta and put together my script and get on the phone and convince them you need to be buying this product or service from us. Well, to make a long story short, after a couple of years with him, I decided to go out on my own because having small kids, I ended up putting you guys in daycare. But every time I turned around, somebody was sick. And I thought, well, I can sell. You know, if you can sell, you can sell anything. It's all about having the ability to figure out how you're going to find these customers, figuring out what it is you need to say to these customers, how to get them to trust you. So I decided. But I still feel, but I still, to Cortland's point, I still feel like when people have a day job, like a nine to five job that they don't like for whatever reason, they don't think, oh, well, I'll just do this myself. Like, like, did you have other, were there entrepreneurs that you knew? Did someone put this idea in your head or did you literally just say, Screw it. I'm going to do it myself. I decided I'm going to do this myself. And at the time, you know, computers were brand new and folks were selling computer parts. You know, all these companies had these throwaway laptops, these throwaway desktops. And, you know, if a hard drive crashed or system board died, they needed a replacement. And everything I had read was, you know, you can mark these parts up 100 percent, 200 percent. And I decided, you know what, what is the worst thing that can happen? I can try and I can fail. And hopefully if I fail, I'll learn something and can try again. Everybody said, don't do it. It is not going to work. You start a business. You're going to have to start 10 different businesses in order for one to succeed. You know, I had so many naysayers. And I think that helped me decide, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can do to make this work. So what if 95% of all businesses fail within the first five years? 5% 5% of them don't. Maybe one one of these businesses will succeed. Mom, I'm really happy that you were willing to take that risk for yourself at our expense. 
it wasn't really at your expense. It was actually at the expense of not being away from you guys. Because in my mind, if you're an entrepreneur and you're self-employed, guess what? You've got freedom. You can go to work when you want to go to work. You can get off when you want to get off. I didn't know because I was brand new at it that I was going to be working all the time. I didn't realize, you know, I was going to have to wear every single hat there was. So I had this computer business. I outgrew the sunroom, which is where I started. I moved into an office in Stone Mountain. I hired Adrian. Initially, I was delivering the parts. Like, where did you get the money? Because I assume you have to like buy these parts and then deliver them to people. Well, what I did, you had to rent the office, all of it. Yeah, how did you fund? Yeah, I, I actually went to the bank and got a small business loan of like $15,000, which back then was a ton of money. And in my mind, it's like, I've got to be able to pay this money back. The how much mark- runway at that time was 15 grand going to get you? Like how much before you... By the way, that's like around, that's around like thirty. I never ran out of money today. I didn't run out of money because one of the things I sold were PS2 system boards and I paid like 150 for them and I sold them for 995 bucks. By the way, not a PlayStation 2. No, not a (laughs) PlayStation. No, not whatsoever. So that's kind of how I got started and I enjoyed the freedom. It was hard. I mean, starting any kind of business. How are you buying these boards for 125 bucks and selling? Who's buying these boards for $900? I went, what I did is I went online and I looked at the computer suppliers out there and PC Parts Exchange in Texas was one. It was just a matter of getting on the phone and I guess begging. I'm trying to start this business. All I need is just opportunity. Please give me a chance. And when and you say went online, like this is this is way pre Google. This is like yellow pages, right? Yeah, 1990, 1991. Huh. Yeah, picked up the phone. I, I had a laptop at the time, desktop at the time. It's a pretty epic arbitrage business to sell parts yeah. for that for that much money. How much money did your business make? Like how much was that like, business only made? I think my revenue was like seventy, eighty thousand dollars. That is okay. about it. But back like then, that was not bad today. money. That's a Say huge amount of money. That's it's like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars today. That's huge. Yeah. And that's with you and one employee, right? That was with me and one employee, and then I had the expenses, and I had an accountant that you know once a week came by, and I gave right. them all the information on my revenue and my expenses. Chuck Campbell, I still have him today. <laughs> so how much how much profit would you say? $70,000 revenue. Oh, employees, probably. You have an office. I'll venture to say probably 25000 profit okay. because the market was really, really high. All right. So enough for you to like sustain a living, but you weren't, you weren't killing it. You weren't like. Rich. No, I wasn't killing it. I was able to pay the ex- exorbitant daycare bill. But to <laughs> me, it's like I at least am doing something worthwhile. I am fulfilled. Right. I feel like I'm contributing. I feel like I'm important. I'm making a difference. And you're working from home. Mm-hmm. Or you're and bringing I'm your working... kids to the office. You're bringing me and Shane to the office. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. a room for you guys. I did. And that room had um, your PlayStation, your N- Nintendo. You know, it, it was ideal. What was the was the daycare that we were in? La Petite? It was La Petite with Miss Julie. I loved I her. She was one phenomenal. and only one thing from La Petite. I remember, no, two, I remember the outside of the building, 
And then I remember that I was right-handed and Channing was left-handed. Exactly. <laughs> and they, and they were they trying. They just taught him to do everything with his right hand. They they <laughs> pretty much were trying to explain to me that right-handed kids are more successful than left-handed kids, <laughs> and that yeah, what I needed up. to do what I needed to do is make sure when you rode or when you ate, it was with your right hand. And I to thought that day, was the most ridiculous thing ever. So to this day, I have to explain to people. Everything that I do naturally, so all sports, if I shoot a basketball, if I throw a baseball or any kind of ball, I do it with my left hand. But if I do any formal things, um, if I am eating food with my, with a fork, if I'm writing, then I'm using my right hand. Yeah. But I tell you, the advantage of having that start doing what I did, the very first computer you guys got came from Microfix. And that was really the beginning of, I guess, Cortland, your interest in computers. Yeah. I remember sitting down on your computer at your office, and I think you were using, like, DOS at the time. And Absolutely. learning how to install. Like, all I cared about was how to play video games. And so exactly. I learned how to install games, and I remember you coming in, and you had no idea what we were doing. And you're like, how do I get it back to normal? Right. Put it back to normal, because even though you were the computer expert, you were, like, <laughs> the computer parts expert. Like, you knew what parts to ship to different people and who to call, but you weren't, like... A software programming like computer not user technical expert. whatsoever no no not at so all. so what happened why did you stop like why not just keep growing that well business? what i did is i went ahead i got rid of that business i had and this goes back to i'd chosen a partner at the time she wasn't really a partner she was a full-time employee that i had hired and um she utilized a line of credit and credit card for things that were non-business and that was pretty much the beginning of the end you guys were getting to the point you were really, really busy with sports, and I just really didn't want to continue, you know, the parts business. It was really, really taxing. So I decided at the time, you know what, find something else to do. Wait, and that's exactly to, what I did. Go into detail about this unscrupulous business partner using the credit cards. Well, what, what she decided, she wanted to get into investments, and it takes money, and I had a American Express, a corporate gold card. So she decided, uh, I think someone had convinced her, you know, if you use this credit card, we can invest and you're going to make double the money and you'll have the money back before the <laughs> bill is due. So, and she was my right hand man. So she opened all of the bill, every all the bills every single day. Right. So, you know, she opened the bill and all of a sudden. What can go wrong? Invest, <laughs> invest right. your personal stock exactly. money with personal funds, with non-personal right. funds. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what ended up happening, because she was, you know, writing checks, paying the bills. I trusted her. Um, we ended up getting a late. Late notice, the American Express bill wasn't paid because, you know, that's a bill that has to be paid in full every single month. And I went to her and asked, you know, first of all, why something's wrong. Initially, I called American Express because I thought, you know, I, you know, someone had gotten my American Express card and had this erroneous charge on it. And, you know, I was given the information and I reached out to her and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to get the money, which she never got the money. I ended up, you know, eating that. How much money was it that she put on the card? I think it was about $19,000. Damn. <laughs> I think it was about $19,000. So she was supposed to be like... Did she at least offer you a return on the She investment? did. She tried to pay that debt off, and I think I probably ended up getting maybe five or $6,000 back of it that she got from her parents. Do you remember what parents. she invested in? Like, did, did like her investment pan out? I want to think it was diamonds. I want to think it was <laughs> diamonds. I want to think it was a diamonds. She's supposed to be helping you with your business, and she's using your credit card to buy I mean, she was up rocks. until that up until that point. <laughs> she was she was phenomenal. I mean, whatever needed to be done, she did. 
Um, and she was just a great, just a great asset up until that point. So I got out of that and I ended up, my background being sales, I took a sales job with um, an SAP company, staffing company out of India. And so I went out, uh, you know, found the companies here in Atlanta that had SAP, Coke, Georgia Pacific, and some others. And once I was able to get some contracts, next thing you know, we didn't have any people to fill the roles. So they decided to teach me how to recruit. We brought Madan over from India, whom you met, Cortland. In fact, I think Madan helped you get your first programming book when you were like in middle school, because that's what you said you yeah, wanted, a, pro, a Java Huge, like, programming four inch book. thick Java programming book that I didn't read. <laughs> oh, it was like four inches thick, and I think you were like 11 or 12. I don't know. But at any yeah. rate, so that's kind of so how I got point, started. Was this a point where, so Cortland has his PC and I have my PC, and randomly the CD-ROM drive just starts randomly going in and out. And then I hear Cortland snickering in the background. Was this because you taught him how to code? And he instantly went to, how do I, I, how do I, I mess two, I had two, I had two interests in computers. Number one, trying to code a video <laughs> game, which eventually turned into trying to make websites. And number two, trying to learn how to hack your computer channel so that I could control it and drive you insane whenever I wanted to, which I was super successful at. And you, and you only succeeded at one of those things. <laughs> no, I made you know, a lot of websites I, and I hacked your computer dozens of times. One thing I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Cortland, but um, I think there was some sort of an update Microsoft did and there was a problem and you ended up calling Microsoft. Do you remember that? I think you were in middle school. Did yeah, he ask to speak to Bill Gates? No, hopefully not. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But that's the beginning. I mean... Quite honestly, you know, I went to work for Mars. I ended up learning how to recruit. I fell in love with recruiting because it's just an opportunity to, you know, find these hard to find people, these purple squirrels for these roles that were nearly impossible. And it was just the chase and just the thrill of being able to find this person that I didn't think I'd be able to find and, you know, uh, place a okay. person. It's a good hire. So you have been, you're a certified entrepreneur. You have an entrepreneurial history. You've been listening to the Indie Hackers podcast too because you're a very supportive mom. How many episodes would you say you've listened to of Indie Hackers so far? I have listened to, uh, I'll venture to say at least 150. Okay. I want to give least. you, what, I want to like test you. Yeah, it's like 250 episodes. I want to I test mom, Channing. I want to give her like, you know that book, The Mom Test? I want to Please give mom don't. Like a, the mom Please quiz. Please do not. Please <laughs> you, you do not. You said you've been listening to the show. I want to. Okay. I want to quiz you. It's it's gonna be easy questions. Question number one: What was your favorite episode? I actually had two, and uh, I like Nomad List. That was one of the first ones I listened to, and I thought this is so cool because I, I kind of saw it as recruiting. You know, here it is. You want to travel to these different places. You go to this site and see, you know, what resources they have. So it's a match. You go here. Okay. I can go here because they have what I need in order to do the thing I want to do. So I really enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed key values, that staffing. I enjoyed the cookie episode. There okay. were quite you a like few that the, I liked. You like all the real world businesses that are really the easy real to world businesses. A lot of them, quite honestly, I don't have a clue as to what I'm listening to. Um, <laughs> I really, really don't. I try to stick with it, and I try to understand yeah. some a, of the acronyms. What's an NFT? NFT is uh, a non non fungible token, and 
I tried to listen to your episode about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency because I really want to be in the know. I really, really do. I want to stay up with what is happening in the world, where people's attention is going. And I didn't have a clue. I tried to take notes. I had a legal pad. I kept, you know, rewinding, going back, taking notes. And then I decided, well, maybe <laughs> if I go to YouTube and then pull up a YouTube video. I'm impressed. Of like crypto or Bitcoin for dummies, maybe that'll help. But after about two or three hours of that, I decided, you know what? This is not for me. I have aged out. I don't want to okay. know about cryptocurrency. I don't want to so hear about NFTs. you haven't invested, NFTs. you're saying, in any crypto yet? You know what? A friend of mine is involved in crypto, and she convinced oh, no, me. She convinced me to put, I think, two hundred and fifty dollars um, into crypto. I can't even tell what you what you the buy? thing is called. I can't even yeah. remember. Did you buy Dogecoin? No, it wasn't the Dogecoin. <laughs> it wasn't Dogecoin. Um, I can't remember. Well, I'm, I, honestly, impressed. I, I'm impressed how you do. All I know, so the last time I looked at, I did this like three months ago. It was like, is it something called like? A Miriam or something like that? Ethereum. Ethereum? <laughs> so, yes, that's what I invested okay, in. Okay, you own some Ethereum. Ethereum. Cool. Okay. Yeah, you probably well, lost it, half your money. All I know well. is it went from 250 and it's now 70 I'm done. I'm, <laughs> so the, I'm trick done. Is the, 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 the trick is just don't don't monitor it and forget about you're it. Supposed to, you're supposed to buy it. low, sell high, and not buy high, sell low. Okay, okay. Yeah. Next question. This, is, this should be a softball if you listen to the, to the podcast. What is an MVP? MVP. What is an MVP? It's like a product, minimum value of a product or something. Ooh, okay, okay. Something, two, two out of three letters, right? Something along those lines. Minimum viable product. Okay. What, like, but what is that? What, yeah, what does what that, does mean, that to you? mean? What problem does that solve? It pro it solves a problem of somebody having a need for that problem. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's an. <laughs> okay, is it is it, did I fail? Did I fail? I was shocked you got NFTs. You got a favorite episode, MVP, minimum viable product. So what exactly does that mean, MVP? It means when you start off building something, you don't want to spend six months, a year, two years building like this humongous, gigantic you know, app and then unveil it to the world and realize nobody even wants it. You want to build like the minimum viable product, the smallest thing you can build to test your hypotheses and see if the market wants it, what they like. Something super simple. So if they like it or they don't like it, you can quickly sort of iterate on it and improve it. Okay. So, so I got a 50. I got a 50. No, no, no. You're two out of three. Two out of three. Have okay. got more questions? What is – I'm going to give you some hard ones now. What does SEO stand for? Search engine optimization. Bam. And what is that? What that is is let's say I'm looking for something on the internet and I type in – let's say in, I type in indie hackers. And the first three pages are all indie hackers. So you've made it to the top of that search. Okay. I think three out of four. What do you think, Channing? I think that's that was good. That was impressive. That's not bad. I kind of want to hit her with another crypto one just to see. <laughs> I don't know mom, anything about that? crypto. But, so, Mom, you actually talked about this, but you may not have known what you were talking about. What is the metaverse? So the metaverse, the it, is, you it right. is the internet of things. It's everything. It's artificial. <laughs> okay, it's, it's not the it's internet of things. That's, it's, it's that's art a very specific. Like that is a thing, and that is not this thing. Okay, is it artificial? It's artificial intelligence. <laughs> okay, these are just... Honestly, just, that answer about the metaverse is probably better than like every other podcast that's talked about. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like it was kind okay. of buzzword. I think you passed. But it's, I, don't know it's, what the, it's, I don't know what the minimum bar is to pass on this. It's like Mom, I think it's virtual passed. reality. Isn't it oh, virtual you reality? Go. You don't yeah, really... Yeah. It's, it's not 
what's real. It's what's not real, but appears real. <laughs> it's you like the universe. Like a, you yeah, like a <laughs> crypto so, podcast. So when you buy a you asked you asked us about getting an oculus quest 2 yes if you if you did that you would enter the metaverse right like that like that's the space that those games are supposed to operate in. yeah so it's like a i don't know an environment that's computer generated and not yeah, real yeah, yeah, yeah. you got it yeah, how like snowing. Have, you, have you gotten this have you started have you started playing it yet no i actually went to best buy about a month ago after you know we got carl um and ayana ron and lillian got you know the other one one as well they didn't have any so i'm just waiting i'll go back and get this oculus quest too all right i'll so do mom, the fitness are, part of it how old are you now mom you're born 63 63 you're gonna be 64 in june yeah. Pretty close to retiring. When are you yes. going to retire? You know, I keep thinking about it. I have a little bit of a fear. In fact, Channing talks to me about this all the time. I probably will never retire. And when I think about retiring, I su- I'm such a busy body. I'll probably rest for a few months, clean out some drawers, some closets, get bored, and then figure out what it is I want to do. Um, because to me, I don't know if you guys remember... I've just always been, you know, motivational, positive thinker, um, positive affirmations. And I used to have positive thoughts on the phone every single week. Mm-hmm. On the answering machine, which nobody today even knows what an answering machine is. I know. My favorite thought had something to do with, you know, something to look forward to. And then when I think about retirement, you know, my favorite thought was most of us act as though material things and wealth are the chief requirements in life to be happy. But all most of us really need is something to look forward to. And so when I think about retirement, I think about what is it that I'm going to be looking forward to every single day? You know, I want to be happy. Um, I go back to what my father always used to say, you know, if you're green, you're growing, you're ripe, you're rotten. And that's just the process of I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to continue developing and, you know, being all that I can be. And I think about my mom, you know, at nine, age 97, saying, you know, I should strive to, to learn something new every single day. And it's like, what am I going to do? And Channing and I talk about this quite often, Cortland. You know, he had me read the book Successful Aging. It was a really, really good book, really about you should never retire. You never should retire. And You know, I think about I'm an entrepreneur at heart. You know, should I try to come up with a book, 101 Things Incoming College Freshmen Should should Know When They Go to College? Should I come up with, you know, some sort of program for senior citizens? I was a fitness trainer. I've had an activity club in the past. That would be fun. I don't know if you guys remember the Heritage Club, but, you know, everybody was saying, oh, we don't have enough funds. I put together this club of about 40 people and we tried to do something fun every single month. I thought about that. Should I do home staging? I love that. I've done that with friends. Should I get into the CBD business or the I cannabis like business? I, I like love it. that. You should do something for sure. Cause I think, you know, two of my heroes, Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, those guys were like literally in their nineties. Charlie Munger's 98. And he just gave a talk about why you shouldn't be investing in Bitcoin like two weeks ago. And I think they are old and wise and motivated and happy because they have never turned their brains off. They've never stopped working. And I don't want you to do that either, Mama. I want you to keep doing stuff. Keep hustling. Keep working on stuff. I love these ideas. And I think most of the ideas you listed kind of fit your personality. So Yeah, I think so. And I've even thought about... Two entrepreneurial sons, we're not going to let you retire. 
I've even thought yeah, about no. what can what can I really do? Maybe I can go to Indie Hackers and find somebody that needs somebody to be on the phone because my strength is I've got great customer service skills. I love being <laughs> on the phone. You know, folks are telling me, go to these sites where you can, you know, pick a job for a month or two and make X amount an hour and do it for a month or two. And when you're bored, it's over. Start something different. So I'm, I mean, I'm really thinking about tomorrow, guys. I, I get mean. an email every day from someone, somebody on Indie Hackers complaining that somebody cold emailed them or spammed them or found their email on Indie Hackers. And I can't wait till the emails I get are people complaining about you and saying, hey, Corlin, somebody's claiming to be an Eva Allen, like your mom. <laughs> why oh, why, why is the Allen brothers' mom is like, <laughs> Trolling the entire website, <laughs> finding everyone's emails and sending them spam. I like it. Oh my we god! Should, we'll give you an indie hacker's job. I like. I'm all for nepotism. Honestly, I think the idea of being able to work with your family members. I remember joining Stripe, and Patrick's like, "Well, what do you want out of this deal?" And I was like, "You got to hire my brother." And he just like winked at me. He's like, "I get it, you know, because Stripe is founded by two brothers." I love the idea of working with people that you love. I love the idea that Channing and I work together on indie hackers, and we meet every day. And mom, you look forward to, I think more than anything, to hear you say it, is to just eavesdrop on our conversations and just sit there in the background while we're talking about indie hackers. And so after you retire, we're going to give you an indie hackers job unless you start your own company, which I think, I think it would be so cool. And Cortland, I don't know if you remember when you had started Indie Hackers and we were trying to figure out how you can make money because I'm like, you can't have a business. I get you wanting a community and I get you you know, being in the situation you're in and wanting to help people in the same situation. But how are you going to make money? And remember when we put together, uh, my husband and I put together the list, Lever and I put together a list of all the companies to reach out to. I mean, I had, we had Google on there. We had Stripe on oh, there. Oh, the, we uh, the people to advertise to. And Absolutely. Stripe was number one on my list. It was like the number yeah. one, okay, once I get my sales pitch down, once I'm like really good at landing advertisers, Stripe is like the perfect fit. Absolutely. And I never got that far. Yeah, yeah, but you did reach yeah, out. I, I, I kind of have a theory that it's kind of in different people, this desire to constantly work. Cortland, I call you manic all the time. I think I'm manic. I think half the people that are entrepreneurs are really manic. I and mom, so. I kind of think you are that way too. <laughs> and so in a lot of ways, I mean, I'm a very big advocate of this idea of never retiring. I kind of think that you don't need that advice, but I mean, I don't know. It's we In our society, we have like a space carved out for that. So if anything, I think you just need to give yourself permission to not retire and just find a thing that you want to do and make it a little bit more about that. And obviously we have, Cortland and I both have executive assistant roles wide open for you. If you want to help us do the things that we already, already do. So yeah, as long as I don't have to, you know, deal with Excel spreadsheets and, you know, all of these slack and all of the stuff I don't even have a clue about. Sometimes I feel like I've kind of aged out. <laughs> Naval has a, uh, a sort of quip he does where he talks about the three most important traits to look for in a startup founder. And he's an investor, so he's looking at people who are going to succeed. And the three traits are intelligence, integrity. So, mom, your business partner, Adrian, will not have qualified <laughs> under integrity. And the third one is energy. So, Shani, I don't know if everybody's manic, but I think definitely good startup founders have a lot of energy. Mom, you got a lot of energy. I hope to see you be, you know, come on the Indie Hackers podcast as a guest. Next time, we can interview you about your new company. Oh, awesome. Well, I would look forward to that. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, Channing, you want to take it away? Just another happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I tell you, having you two have just been, y'all have been the highlight of my life. 
Um, I feel like being a mom, being a parent is the hardest job you could ever love. It really is the greatest job you could ever love. You guys have made me the proudest mom on the planet. And a lot of times, you know, folks will call and say, well, you did pretty good with Cortland and Channing. What advice do you have for my daughter? I want her to call you. And, you know, it's just it just brings back so many wonderful memories of you know, things that we put in place, you know, love and limits is so important when raising kids and, you know, being consistent with discipline is so important. More important than anything is just being a good role model. And I hope I've been a really good role model to you guys. I know a lot of times I make you crazy. A lot of times, you know, you'll share things with me and I tell you, I think it just makes no sense what you just said. But you know, I'm just so happy and so fortunate that I have you guys and that, you know, we've got the communication that we have and we've got the relationship that we have and that you guys keep me around. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. Love you. Thank happy you. Happy Mother's Day. Uh-huh.